0: Dear faithful, today is the nineteenth Sunday after Pentecost. The Epistle for the Mass is taken from Saint Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Brethren, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man who according to God is created in justice and holiness of truth. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak ye the truth, every man with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your anger, give not place to the devil. He that stole, let him now steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have something to give to him that suffereth need. And the Holy Gospel it is taken from the Gospel of Saint Matthew, Chapter twenty two. At that time, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son. And he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell them that were invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my beeves and fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come ye to the marriage." But they neglected and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise, and the rest laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contumeliously, it put them to death. But when the king heard of it, he was angry, and sending his armies, he destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he saith to his servants, The marriage indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find call to the marriage. And the servants going forth into the ways gathered together all that they found, both good and bad. And the marriage was filled with guests. And the king went in to see the guests, and he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. And he saith to him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having on a wedding garment? But he was silent. Then the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness, for there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Thus far are the words of the Holy Gospel. Let not the sun go down on your anger, and give not place to the devil. These words are taken from the epistle of the Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, My dear friends, there was once a Turkish sultan who was involved in a great war. Uh, As you know, the Muslim religion requires its adherents to spread their faith by means of the sword. And this particular sultan was known for his anger his violent temper. One day something went wrong in his camp. Some preparations were neglected or overlooked, and the sultan took this negligence as a personal attack upon himself. He flew into a passionate rage, and he ordered all his officers to be assembled. Up and down the lines he strode, verbally abusing his captains, striking some and threatening others. And finally he had worked himself up into such a fury that he ordered all the assembled officers to be put to death for treason. As he had convinced himself that the small mistake was just the beginning of a plot to overthrow him. The officers prepared themselves to meet death as bravely as they could. When suddenly the court jester began to cry out as if encouraging the sultan, Yes, kill them all, your majesty. Kill every one of them, he roared. Then, when all these captains are dead, you and I will go out to meet the enemy. I will carry the battle standard, and you, your majesty, you can play the bugle as you lead the charge. As long as you and I are on the field, we have no need of these officers. Your divisions will follow you instead. And at these words, the sultan was a little bit taken aback. And he realized that he couldn't possibly coordinate his massive army with no one but his jester for help. And he didn't really relish the idea of leading the army into battle personally anyway. And so, somewhat ashamedly, the Sultan admitted that perhaps he had acted rather hastily. And he went back on the order of execution. The officers were dismissed, and the sultan was left to consider the mistake he had almost committed through the blindness of anger. Now, in the epistle today, my dear faithful St. Paul gives some general admonitions to his readers regarding the practice of virtue, and in particular, he gives an exhortation To the practice of meekness. He says. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give place. To the devil. That is do not harbor thoughts of anger or resentment. For that is giving the devil. A place. In our hearts. We know in itself that the. Passion of anger is not evil. When someone offends us, it's natural for anger to rise. Anger is a strong feeling of annoyance or indignation at a wrong committed, whether this wrong be real or perceived. But because of our fallen human nature, we often take wrongs personally. And we begin to seek some form of revenge for the injury that was done to our pride. In other words, more often than not, when we become angry, it's not because there was a true injustice done. Maybe there was. It's because our pride or self-love was hurt in some way. Different people will, di- will manifest their anger in different ways. Those of an extroverted temperament tend to express their anger loudly, with harsh words or even violent actions. But those of a quieter temperament can just as easily give in to anger, maybe by being sullen or moody Or giving someone the silent treatment. And so no matter how our anger may manifest itself. It is injurious to charity. Especially when it's directed against those with whom we live. Or with whom we frequently come in contact. The People closest to us, our our family and our friends. They do things all the time usually usually unintentionally that annoy us or inconvenience us in some way, and we do the same things to them. We do things through ignorance or carelessness which hurt others. It usually is something little. It's a a thoughtless word forgetting to express gratitude maybe breaking something that belongs to another. We do these things to them and they do these things to us. And when we look back on these things later, we can see that they really are insignificant. But at the moment, the passion of anger can get the better of us. And we become like that sultan to one degree or another. We start speaking harshly or refusing to speak at all, or refusing to help when we are needed. And of course, later looking back, we can see how unreasonable this is. It's actually unreasonable to give in to anger for two reasons. First, because anger so easily overpowers us, causes us to sin by uncharitable words or thoughts. And second, because because quite frankly, we deserve the evil that befalls us. Whatever it is that has caused our anger to flare. God allows trials and pains and sufferings and contradictions to come our way. He wills for us to bear these things. He even wills for us to bear the evil effects of the sins of others. And he does this to give us an opportunity to satisfy for our sins. And so when we patiently and cheerfully accept the inconveniences of life or the difficulties that arise on account of others, we are actually making reparation for our own sins and negligences, And so we see how unprofitable it is to give in to anger, how much better it would be to simply offer up to God the annoyance. And finally, by restraining our anger, we will contribute to the peace and the harmony of our homes the workplace. Now to put meekness into practice, of course, or to control our anger, it does take effort. You actually have to go out of your way to practice kindness and charity towards those who rub you the wrong way. You have to anticipate the needs of others with whom you live or with whom you work. You can't wait to be asked for help especially if this is someone who has offended you. If you're tempted to speak critically or uncharitably about another, don't settle for restraining your tongue. Find something good to say about that person. Overcome the evil with good, as St. Paul says. And if someone has offended you in some way, whether it's a little thing or a big thing, You be the one to offer peace and reconciliation. You be the one to show them that it's forgiven and forgotten. That's what our Lord expects of us. When our Lord said, Learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart, that was not a recommendation, that was a command. And after he said this, he himself gave us the perfect example. For as he was being crucified, he was praying for those who were putting him to death. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let the thought of our Lord's gentleness and meekness in the midst of his sufferings move you to practice that same meekness towards those around you for the love of him. And if you're generous in following his example, then you will experience the same peace in your homes as could be found in the Holy House of Nazareth. And that peace will be just a foretaste of the happiness that God has prepared for those who love him. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.